Welcome everyone to Nappy Hour. Dan Dupinski to my right. Bryce said here playing the role of host to this wonderful podcast. Sponsorship still available. <laughs> Brought to you uh, by no one yet. So this uh, this edition, this podcast, we have a special college basketball edition. Last time we went over the Big Ten tournament. This time uh, use that one as just a little bit of a warm up. Going to go for the entire for the big thing for the mm. entire national men's college Thanks. basketball uh, tournament. I'm going to break down the entire first round. Uh, Dan, just kick things off here, get everybody warmed up to the idea. Louisville, Kansas, Indiana, Gonzaga, the four number one seeds. Uh, your take on that, kind of uh, kind of what I anticipated as far as that goes. I did think, though, that there might, there, there, was, a, there was more of a chance for uh, two Big Ten teams to have number one seeds. Well, personally, I was kind of upset that uh, Gonzaga didn't get the number one overall seed. I just think it's because they didn't play in the last week and no one, Everyone kind of forgot about them out there and uh, out there in Washington, but I mean, they might be the best, <clears throat> the best fourth number one of all time. You so, think? I mean, call me crazy, but yeah. I, I mean, I, so. I I do think it is interesting that you can have you know them as as the number one seed, you know, a week before the brackets come out, and they already have already won their conference championship, and they get the the last number one seed. I think that's interesting in itself. You know, the AP versus the, the bracket right. uh, tournament rankings. And people say they haven't played anyone good, but, I mean, they've got, they've got strong wins. They won against Kansas State at Kansas State. They beat, well, they lost to Butler on the road by one. Always a tough place to play. Inkle Fieldhouse uh, beat Illinois, um, beat Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. So that's two tough Big 12 wins on the road, essentially, for Gonzaga. I just thought they did what they had to do to get that number one overall spot. So we're going to kind of go through a format of a suggestion as to how you should be filling out your brackets. It's, I mean, uh, it's probably, you should probably listen to us. We're going to, it, going to have most of this stuff. It, right? it, there's some pretty good insight um, to follow. Uh, we've already, you know, due to trying to keep this under 30 minutes or so, uh, we've put a handful, of, the majority of games, as almost we like to call them quote-unquote locks. Uh, they're games that we're pretty comfortable, pretty confident about. And then there's, uh, you know, another handful there. It looks like six or seven games that Dan and I are going to kind of break down and talk a little bit about. Um, they're the ones that are more maybe you you don't know so much about. Uh, we didn't know so much about to begin with, so we re- started researching them, things of that nature. So going ahead with the Midwest uh, region, first region uh, in the bracket, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, as, as far as Dan and I are concerned, you're really not going to see too much, uh, too many upsets, if any, um, in that region. If you consider a number nine over an eight seed an upset, then color it an upset but otherwise we have louisville beating either north carolina a&t or liberty and we have missouri beating colorado state oklahoma state the five seed beating number 12 oregon Can I just I touch on that oregon yeah seating for a for just a second yeah get on your soapbox oregon, oregon won the pac-12 regular season won the pac-12 tournament are a 12 seed if you look over here on the bracket ucla who they beat twice and then again in the conference championship in the tournament they're a six seed, and then you look a little farther down. You got Colorado, who Oregon also beat twice. They're a ten seed. So for Oregon to be a twelve seed, I think, I think they kind of over underrated the uh, Pac-12. Definitely, just a little disrespect for Oregon. Not, no, I, I definitely think the seeding's a little off there. Um, you know, and naturally, I think you know they're, it's not it's never going to be perfect, obviously. But and the, it the is very off. Do you hear what they said? They said about Oregon. They said we wanted to keep them closer to home. That's why we put them in a twelve seed. So they'll be playing their game in like 
Kansas City or something. That's that's very interesting that you mentioned that because we I was talking with someone off the air a, l- a little bit ago about the dynamic of that. About how how do you would you rather have a higher seed? You know, does Oregon want the 12 seed, or they rather play farther away and play an easier game? I, I don't really know. Well, you know, it, there's there's that whole home court advantage right. scenario going on. Regardless of that, neither of us see Oregon win, beating Oklahoma State. No, I don't think so. You like Oklahoma State. I don't like Oregon. Uh, pick them to win the UCLA game last night, the Pac-12 championship game. Watched the entire uh, three quarters of it from the middle of the first half all the way through the rest. Up late, staying up late. Huh? Yes, it was it was a late night watching all the way through as they were playing in Vegas. But just really did not like either team. They were playing a really sloppy basketball. I compared it to a high school JV game. Uh, you definitely hit. You had. You had there, your must be, there must be some good high school JV games out there. You better believe it. Ohio's full of good <laughs> JV basketball. But the moral of the story is it was very sloppy basketball. Uh, offensive, defensive, rebounding. Rebounding in general was pretty lackluster on both ends. A lot of turnovers. And a lot of points were scored where a guy just tried to man up the other one, put a shot up right over his head, you know, you know, before he can uh, expect it or contest it, and and it would go in. Uh, a little lucky in some scenarios. Some of them were, were true talent, but some of them uh, they were some ill-advised shots, and I was surprised that they fell. Either way, we don't see Oregon, the Pac-12 champs of last night, going on any yeah, further. I really like Oklahoma State, but we'll talk about that. Enough. We'll we will get Podcast to that. To come. We'll get that. We'll get to that. Uh, in the coming days, in due time. St. Louis, we have four seed over New Mexico State, the 13 seed. Memphis should take care of business over Middle Tennessee State or St. Mary's. Whoever they uh, get matched up with there, we're pretty confident Memphis can take care of business. 31 season for Memphis. Michigan State, the three seed over Valpo. The Horizon League champs, Creighton, the seven seed over 10 seed at University of Cincinnati. And Duke over Albany, New York who were wearing some pretty fly purple Air Jordan jerseys <laughs> the other night, though will not help them as Duke uh, Duke should win that one. They should. The, these are, these last are all... Year, last year, if you remember, Duke was a two-seed and lost in the first round. This is true. So, so who think. knows what, what kind of fate they have there. Uh, looks Duke has been pretty comfortable at that number two spot for quite some time. They seem, right. to, be, they seem to be fitting into that role and very with, well. With Ryan Kelly back for the tournament, makes makes a lot of difference. They did just lose to Maryland in the ACC tournament, but... I mean, that's kind of a big rivalry over there in ACC yeah. country. Yeah. Even if it's only for one more year. One more year, yeah. Still a big thing. I mean, Maryland beat them. Uh, I don't think they should worry too much about that since they are two season. Looking good in the tournament right now. Going to head to the south region now, moving. Uh, it would be the northeast part of your bracket, even though it is the south region. Moving uh, clockwise. In the country, moving Most clockwise around the bracket. Uh, little, little, little... Less secure uh, picks here, I guess we have. A little fewer locks uh, for us. We both agree Kansas uh, going to take care of Western Kentucky, the 16 seed. And uh, both kind of torn on North Carolina, Villanova. I haven't been a fan of North Carolina, what I've seen this season. So by default, I kind of want to pick Villanova. Similar situation to the Oregon-Oklahoma State thing, except we have more, I think, equal talent teams here. Right, I think North Carolina, uh, they're really coming together, really gelling. They've been playing a lot better second half of the season and they started out uh, they started out people were talking they weren't going to make the tournament uh, eventually they get in as an eight seed I think they're really coming together gelling together ACC tournament only helped them even though their starting point guard PJ Hairston did, did uh, injure his hand I guess a ball got jammed up inside his finger and kind of tore the webbing of his of his finger he had to get stitches but 
came back, looked strong when they eventually lost to Miami just earlier today. Mm-hmm. But I think with them back all healthy, all playing together and playing well, that they have been in the last half of the season, I think uh, they'll get get by Villanova in that one. Fair enough on that end. Uh, either way, with the 8 or 9 seed, I mean, whoever wins that game is going to face Kansas, and I think both of us have Kansas beating whoever makes it that far. Moving on to Virginia Commonwealth and Akron. Now, here's an interesting matchup. Virginia Commonwealth with a 5 seed. That's a pretty high seed for VCU. Akron at the 12 seed. Akron uh, been playing pretty good ball all season long. Won the regular season and won the tournament uh, title there as far as the MAC is concerned, beating Ohio University for the title. I have Virginia Commonwealth in this one, although I've liked Akron um, for most of the season. And you have to travel only to GoZips.com uh, to find a nice little article previewing the basketball game between Akron and Virginia Commonwealth. And the, uh, the money line that we found in here was that Virginia Commonwealth head coach Shaka Smart, which uh, rang a bell originally as a name as I read that, and it was because he was an assistant coach for the Zips from 2003 to 2006, including two seasons under head coach Keith Dambrot. Akron's 0-6 all-time against Virginia Commonwealth, with Dambrot and Smart having faced off twice. Yeah, VCU's been a tournament staple the last couple of years, obviously with that magical uh, Cinderella run couple years ago to the final four and a lot and see and that's the funny part because they were the the ever proclaimed 12 seed always beating the five seed right. now it's the other way around they're the five seed having to face Akron the 12 seed and usually that's everyone's favorite 512 is everyone's favorite upset to pick, yeah, pick that. and a lot of people are probably going to pick Akron in this game because they're a good team and even after losing their point guard to some drug related issues <laughs> and the law, the law in general uh, you know they that played. Always, that always gets a lot. They did play good basketball without him though, and they managed very well. But I, I think Virginia Commonwealth, uh, the better team here. I, I don't get upset happy in your brackets. That's one of my big rules well, that I, mean, I, I try year, to follow. This year you never know. This year there, there's that. so much parity. It, it's it's really unparalleled. But my point is I don't think you need to go out looking for upsets. Let yeah. them come as they as they come. If you're picking only the top seeds in every game, obviously you're going to be wrong. The top seed has never won every game. Your your bracket, by the way, is never going to be completely all the way through correct. <laughs> you are going to be wrong well, in some I'm regards. Not. So I'm looking at mine over here. It's looking pretty good. But, he, but here's an interesting Regardless. About VCU, 12 forced steals a game. Forced 12 steals a game, and that's before the dumb turnovers, the passing mistakes by the other team because of their, their pressing and their athleticism. And I mean, I was watching that game today, and they just – they substitute five guys at a time and just keep running up and down the court. So they just never get tired. So Virginia Commonwealth, we're taking over Akron. Um, a part of me wants to take Akron, but we're going to take Virginia Commonwealth. We're both we're both going to be pretty pretty confident in that pick as well. Uh, Michigan and South Dakota State, the next matchup. Interesting. And uh, Dan, you have a little, you have a little tidbit. I know you've been talking about a point guard. I think out of San Diego or South Dakota State, rather. Um, even though both of us have Michigan winning. Yeah, Michigan's gonna. I think Michigan's gonna win that game. I mean, I'm not gonna say pretty handily, but pretty confidently, handily, pretty handily. Um, two point guards that were both Player of the Years in their conferences: Trey Burke, obviously from Michigan, averaging 19.2 points per game, Player of the Year in the Big Ten, and then Nate Walters, point guard from South Dakota State, averaging 22.7 points per game. So one of the few point guards in the nation that does score more than Trey Burke, and really he's the leader of that team. He was the Player of the Year in the Summit League. 
So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Nate Walters, kind of a bigger point guard. I think he's 6'5 out there. Uh, can shoot, too. I mean, he's a better shooter than Trey Burke. So. And without Michigan's schedule in front of me, I feel like they've been a team that definitely played better, more so in the front end of the schedule, in the middle maybe, than the middle to later end of the schedule. I feel. I mean, there's still a very good uh, ball club there, but I just feel like they were playing their best basketball more towards the front end of the season, which, you know, could spell a little, uh, little mystery there with, with a high-scoring point guard, but you're definitely going to have to be a team effort out of South Dakota State if they want to pull that upset. All right, I think a lot of it is just teams got familiar with what Michigan is trying to do. Send the, whole, the high ball screen for Trey Burke coming down, kicking out Tim Hardaway Jr., usually hitting that three. Uh, I mean, once you face teams enough, you're going to expect that's coming, especially in the Big Ten. Uh, that, that was all the talk today in the championship game that Big Ten teams were just relieved for the tournament to start, so they have to battle it yeah. out with another Big Ten team. Quit beating up on each other. Speaking of the Big Ten, that's our next matchup as well. UC- UCLA, Minnesota. UCLA 60, Minnesota the 11th seed. Now, Minnesota 20-12 and 12 overall record. I've liked it from the beginning. I think I've watched half of one of their games all season long. <laughs> and for whatever reason, they've got a dark, dark horse pick of mine um, for most of the year. And then I mentioned watching the UCLA-Oregon game last night. Just supremely not impressed with really either of those teams. Uh, I got Minnesota in this one, and I'm pretty sure you do too. I do. Uh, Dre Holland's the point guard. Trevor Mbakwe, the big guy down low. I don't think UCLA can guard them, especially with their second-leading scorer, Jordan Adams, breaking a bone in his foot yesterday, or two days ago, in the Pac-12 semifinal. So that could have been why uh, we were watching such bad basketball yesterday. Jordan Adams was averaging 15.3 points per game. But good news is they've got Shabazz Muhammad and Kyle Anderson. They're two other superstar freshmen, big three, if you want to throw that term out there. Uh, but without Adams... Does a lot on the boards too for for being a guard. Uh, without Adams, I don't think they're going to get by uh, Minnesota, who is a proven team, especially playing in conference at the Big Ten. The cool part about this game that that I like is kind of the entire aspect. It really relates to every game that we're going to see throughout this entire tournament. It's going to be a couple of great weeks of basketball because you're going to see a lot of games like we're talking about Michigan, South Dakota State. South Dakota State has an incredible point guard who might be able to, you know, he might be a, an X factor in that one, a game changer. And might that might make that game a lot closer than it should be, maybe even pull out a crazy upset. Which a lot of people might get angry that they're number four seed Michigan because of the bra- because of the bracket, because they would lose. But you still have to appreciate the dynamic of that, that that you know, that a team like that has such a chance. And I think we see that uh, just another interesting point here, talking about the strength of the Big Ten, Minnesota UCLA. We got Minnesota at a middle tier Big Ten team. Right. Uh, coming in as an eleven seed in the tournament. UCLA they lost in the conference championship game to Oregon, so you call them the number two in the Pac-12. They're at a six seed. So this is a game where you're going to get to see, you know, just another cool outside aspect of, you know, how strong the Big Ten is. It does, can, a, yeah. can a middle to lower tier, if you want to call them that, I'll, I'll stick with solid middle tier Big Ten team in Minnesota, can they compete with a higher level Pac-12? I feel like that game could give you a great gauge on how strong the Big Ten is or kind of you know how they can compare themselves to the other conferences because they've definitely been they've definitely had the spotlight on them all year long. I feel all right. And UCLA definitely lost a seed when Jordan Adams did go out with that uh, that broken foot because you never know what's going to happen in the past. Twelve championship game against Oregon. Uh, UCLA not as much disrespect shown there as they did to Oregon, <laughs> but should be a good one like you're saying. Rest of that bracket down there. 
Uh, Florida, number three seed over Northwestern State, the 14 seed. Uh, San Diego State, we both have over Oklahoma, uh, seven versus 10 seed there, San Diego State, seven. And Georgetown, the two seed over 15 seeded Florida Gulf Coast. Pretty confident in, those, in that bottom half of the South bracket. Florida Gulf Coast first trip of the tournament this year, so so never know how nerves are going to play. In finally there. dancing. We'll see if uh, the Hoyas make that a uh, see how they react to the RSVP that uh, Gulf Coast gives to the dance. <laughs> Indiana moving to the East um, Division, if you want to call it that, East Region of the of the bracket. We have Indiana, the number one seed. We both have them uh, winning their first game, whether it be over LIU Brooklyn or JMU. That's James Madison. James Madison for those playing, playing at home. home yeah. uh, pretty confident Indiana, but a pretty good team all year long. NC State Temple, the 8-9 seed, the winner of that will face Indiana. Well, the, the winner of the Indiana game, but most likely right, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, your take on the NC State Temple game, I, I've heard good things out of NC State. I've heard good things out of Temple. Haven't been able to research or watch either of them a whole lot, but I know you're huge out of Temple. Temple, big favorite of mine. Uh, but we'll focus on NC State first here. They've got five guys. All five starters are averaging over 12 points per game, with C.J. Leslie averaging 14.9. And here, I think, is the X factor for NC State. Scott Wood, essentially a three-point specialist, plays good defense, averaging 12.7 points per game and shooting 44% from three. Uh, if he can get going, if he can hit his shots, there should be no competition there. But moving over to Temple, they've got as good a wins as anyone in the country. But then you look to their loss, and they've got as bad a losses as anyone <laughs> in the country, too. Beat Villanova, Syracuse, St. Louis, VCU, and LaSalle. Those are all tournament teams. They lost to Duke, Kansas, and Butler. Uh, their strength of schedule, I think, was high 20s, and I looked at that earlier. Uh, but then you look at the bad losses. You got Duquesne, who 229th in the RPI. <laughs> you got St. Bonaventure. You got Kinesis and UMass, who they lost to in the Atlantic 10 tournament. They were the 10 seed. Temple, of course, the 3 seed. But I'm going to throw out a name here. You can either throw it back or you can, you can roll with it there. Uh, Khalif Wyatt, averaging 19.8 points per game and 3 assists and 4 rebounds. He's a scoring machine. He just knows how to put the ball in the basket. I've watched him. Probably eight games this year, because I got nothing else to do. <laughs> watch, watch him a ton this year, and he when that when that team is is down. I know he had thirty three against Syracuse when they beat him, which I won't get started on the Temple Syracuse matchup yet. In the second round, we're going to see, but could beat him for the second time this year. But I like Temple. I like their depth. They've got I think four guys that are averaging double digit points. They are. I think it was like 14th in the country in scoring, averaging mid-70s in the points there. So I really like Temple. I'm high on this Temple team. I, I like Temple as well. Uh, regarding what you're saying, I'm going to go ahead and roll with it. I, I really do. I do really like what, what, you, what, you're, what you have in Temple. I think it's unfortunate that they're going to face Indiana because that's a, that's a tough – that's got a huge, tough game right from the get-go. Yeah, they show up for big games. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. That is true. Beating Syracuse, uh, you know. They, at the Garden. And in Madison Square Garden in New York, it's they, they come to play in the big games. And I, I think uh, eventually when I finally waver down on this one, look it up myself, I think I'm going to go ahead with Temple as well. Second-round matchup, Temple versus Indiana, I think that's going to be an uh, excellent game to watch. Have we played in Dayton? 
So who knows? Maybe uh, we roll on down there. Only about a two-hour drive. <laughs> we'll do a live podcast see what, uh, we'll see what we could do with that. Who knows? Maybe nice. get somebody on the air afterwards. Get a little Khalif Wyatt action. Anyway, back to the real world. Moving down the bracket, UNLV the five seed, uh, beating twelve seed California. And that's a that's a matchup earlier in the year. They played one of the first weekends of the year, and UNLV uh, did take that game. But that was a point of emphasis. From I was watching a selection show. They were asking the uh, the committee president why they would schedule that game since they did play earlier in the year and they try to avoid that in the first mm-hmm. round matchups. I believe that game will be played in San Jose. Right. So California with a slight, Berkeley there, a slight uh, travel advantage, I guess, over them. And then you have Syracuse against Montana. Although Montana with the huge travel advantage to San Jose than Syracuse has, both of us taking Syracuse to be uh, Sweet 16s, actually, yeah, in this one. Right. Moving lower into the bracket, this is where things get interesting. Butler versus Bucknell. Butler the six seed, Bucknell the eleven. Butler coming in at twenty six and eight, and Bucknell twenty eight and five. The, we were talking a little bit before we started recording here about how Butler's really been a hot and cold team. Couldn't really figure out how to decipher them. I mean, we mentioned uh, you know I, th- well, I don't know if we did mention this, but you know beating Gonzaga, beating Indiana, beating North Carolina back earlier in the year when they ranked number nine. Even though you did say you think they've been beginning to gel and play better uh, now later on in the year. Lost to Virginia Commonwealth, 84-52. Talking to them a lot. Lost to St. Louis, lost to Charlotte, lost to St. Louis again um, in the in the tournament. No, that, was that in the tournament? Yeah, it was, just, it was in the tournament. Good. Yeah. So they, they do have very interesting and varying degrees of wins and losses, beating Marquette by a point, so losing to Illinois by 15. So, that, you know, there's there's plenty of teams that they can – they could beat, you know, there's higher quality teams they beat. And like Temple, you know, there's a lot of lower quality teams they've lost to that, you know, really doesn't uh, help a whole lot in deciphering the, really the Butler team um, really at all, I guess. We had we talked about them uh, beating Indiana too early in the, the crossroads shootout, I believe it's called, held there in Indianapolis. So neutral court, but still a pretty large W over what was then the number one team in the country. Bucknell, really uh, kind of a similar story. Um, you know, fair share of, of wins and losses against reputable teams and against bad teams, but really against much lower-level tier teams. You know, they really haven't seen the big-level competition, and I think when all said and done, Butler is getting written on that line to, to win that game against Bucknell. That's what I got. Moving lower, we have number three-seeded Marquette against 14-seeded Davidson. Now, Davidson... A little uh, curry in the recipe was quite the uh, <laughs> quite the mess in some brackets um, not too long ago, but really not going to be helping themselves at all, all at all this season. I believe Marquette um, gets this one handily. I think we both have Marquette down. Yep. Uh, Davidson, 38th in points per game in the country, 212th in rebounds per game. They are 0-3 versus the top 50 in the nation, 1-0 against the top uh, teams fifth ranked 50th first through 100. So that's only four games they've played against teams inside the top 100, which I think is the biggest kind of factor there, where Marquette, you know, playing in the Big East, they just have constant competition all season long. I'm not sure what to say about that match, but <laughs> you covered all of it. Illinois 7 seed, going to take care of business against Colorado, the 10 seed. We were talking a little bit in that Pac-12 
story line, I believe, there. Yep. And then Miami going to beat Pacific. Miami, the two seed, 27 and 6 on the year. Uh, we both have them picked to beat Pacific 22 and 12 on the season. Moving to our last portion, and we got about five and a half minutes to do so here. Pittsburgh, Wichita. Uh, the game we're going to look at as we see Gonzaga going to beat Southern pretty handily. We, we both believe there. Um, Pittsburgh and Wichita, this is an interesting matchup. Um, you know, on the surface, you may be inclined to pick Wichita State, the 9C. This might be one of those forced uh, underdogs that you want to take uh, to win this game. Wichita State lost to Indiana State 68-55 to earlier this season. The Indiana State was 18-14 and 9-9 and inside the ever-so-powerful Missouri Valley Conference. Right. Wichita State with a 37 RPI ranking. Uh, versus Creighton this year, who is a comparable team inside tournament this season. Creighton had a number seven seed in the uh, Midwest region of the bracket. Creighton, they went one and two against them. They won by three points, lost by three points, and lost by 12. The loss of three points the second time, or the one loss of three points, uh, came in the conference championship the third time that they played them. So maybe a little you know, factor there of... You know, big-time game, a little, little predetermined stage action there. You know, is this really, uh, you know, can they handle the big stage, I guess, against against Creighton, above all people, in their in their conference championship? Pitt is 3-2 and two versus RPI-ranked uh, teams that are 1 through 50, and Wichita State at 37 naturally falls within there, so Pitt a 3-2 and two record against them. Pittsburgh. I really, I really wasn't high on them until I started getting into the numbers. I became pretty much a stat really freak. Dove in those. Uh, really yeah. dove into the Panthers' uh, numbers there. Well, definitely used to playing in big games too. Playing the big East. Playing East. in the Big East. Played in Madison Square Garden a couple. Exactly. You you, you get the the city boy and the and the country girl and they you know <laughs> how do how do they mesh in this game? You get Pittsburgh three and five against AP top twenty five ranked teams Georgetown, Syracuse, and Cincinnati. Their three wins. Uh, seems like everybody's been beating up on Syracuse in the regular season. Right. Pittsburgh, 43rd RPI ranking, Wichita, 37. So pretty pretty good 8-9 uh, seed there as far as RPI goes, if you're going to compare those. Pittsburgh, 4-7 and seven versus number one, th- uh, number 1 through 50 ranked teams, 5-0 and o versus 51 through 100. And they are 20-1. and one. This, was my, this was my big stat here. 20-1 and one record versus teams with a... Number fifty or higher ranking, so you know Wichita State, not a fifty or higher ranking. Probably not going to see too many teams uh, in the tournament, if at all, really, in their position that are over a fifty RPI ranking in the country. But at twenty and one, it shows me they're a team that can get prepared for a game and take care of business the way you have to do against fifty or higher ranked teams. All right, but I'm looking. I mean, I'm already looking ahead here. After you've convinced me how good Pittsburgh is, for this. Gonzaga matchup, but I don't, I don't dive into that one until tomorrow. We're gonna wait on that one. Yeah. I, I I think round two uh, podcast is gonna be just as fun as this round one one is. Aren't uh, they all? They will. Aren't they all? That is true. <laughs> We're gonna go ahead and keep things moving. Only a couple minutes here to spare. Gonna try and wrap this up all with under thirty minutes. Wisconsin. We both have the five seed taking over number twelve Ole Miss again. Uh, I, I don't think either of us have a twelve seed beating a five seed in this tournament. Actually, I'm pretty. I'm pretty high on all the five seeds over the 12 seeds as far as that's concerned. So, so much for that theory of <laughs> underdogness. Yeah. Kansas State, number four, over Boise State or LaSalle, whoever wins that play-in game. Um, we don't have any play-in game winners going past one win. 
if you include the play-in game in Dayton. And then uh, moving lower in the bracket, we have Arizona-Belmont, both of us taking 60 to Arizona over 11-seeded Belmont. Then we got two, a pair of interesting games. The other one we're sure about there in the West is Ohio State over Iona. Ohio State, of course, at the number two seed, Iona at the 15. Dan, we'll start with you. Notre Dame, Iowa State. I think we both have Iowa State in this one, but why? Well, you're going to – I mean, a lot of people overlook the Big 12 this season. It's a really good conference if you look at it, especially top to bottom. Iowa State fourth in the country in scoring at 79.6 points per game, 21st in rebounding, 14th in assists per game, and they're hitting 45% of their shots. Uh, compared to a Notre Dame team who – I mean, Iowa State's got the upper hand in all those categories – Notre Dame, I think, was 12th in the country in scoring at 76-point-something per game. Uh, Notre Dame used to playing on a big stage, obviously, in the Big East there. But Notre Dame making 46% of their shots as well. Both are shooting 37% from three, which I think is going to be the deciding factor in this one. But here's a matchup I want you to uh, want you to look at here. Will Clyburn for the Cyclones, six foot seven uh, forward there, and his matchup, He's going to be guarding Jack Cooley. Uh, Clyburn is giving up two inches to Cooley. Clyburn averaging two more points at 15 per game than Cooley's 13.1 points per game. Uh, that should be a good matchup. And I want to see how Iowa State guards Garrick Sherman, or if they have anyone to guard Garrick Sherman. Uh, that seven-footer there that Notre Dame's got could cause the Cyclones problems. Although, I don't want to give away too much. I want everyone to tune in to following podcast. I think you do have, if I can... Uh, creepily look over your shoulder there. I think you do have Iowa State winning an additional basketball game <laughs> other than Notre Dame. So That might know. be biased. Might, yeah, be might be the bias. but might not be biased. I'm not sure. I think we're either way, we're both going to have a very entertaining conversation about that oh, yeah. um, in the near future. Last matchup we're going to talk about today uh, in the first round, Harvard, New Mexico. Personally, <laughs> I think we could talk 15 to 25 to an hour. About this, yeah, you're this on matchup your, right here. You're on your Ivy League kick right now. I, I have been on an Ivy League kick all season long. I've tuned in. NBC Sports Network has done me well <laughs> with some Ivy League coverage, and I appreciate that coverage very much so. I mean, if they want to be a sponsor of the show, just hey, put that out there. Dan give Patrick is on the show. I don't see why we can't compete at least. Give us, give us a five-minute spot. Play the best of this podcast, whatever you want. Either way, we're going to get to the point here. Huge matchup here. New Mexico. You think I'm crazy picking Harvard. I'll tell you right off the bat. Yep. I have 19-9 and Harvard beating 29-5 and Mountain West Conference champs, the New Mexico uh, team there. New Mexico's five losses versus South Dakota State, 70-65. At St. Louis, at San Diego State, at UNLV, at Air Force, 89-88. Air Force, the only team they've lost to that is not in the tournament. Throw the RPI rankings out the window because they're number two because of that in the RPI rankings. A lot of people, as as we were talking before the podcast, had New Mexico as a potential one seed yeah. in this tournament. Well, you look at their wins. They've got, I mean, they've got a ton of good wins. Davidson, UConn, Valpo, Mexico State. These are all tournament teams, by the way. Mexico State twice, Cincinnati, UNLV twice, Colorado State twice, Boise State twice, and San Diego State twice. So the win's not a not an issue, but... I think you're focusing more on the losses. Huh? I'm focus. I am not focusing on the losses. I'm focusing on how good Harvard is. Oh, that's what it is. That's All what right. it is. Right. New Mexico to kind of round off the rest of my analysis on them. 
not too flashy numbers. 172nd in the nation in points per game. 142nd in rebounds per game. But my kicker, which we will get to in just a couple moments, which may be the only real arguing, arguing point I have here that Harvard could win this game, 218th in field goal percentage. 218 is New Mexico in field goal percentage. Harvard. The Ivy League as a whole was 0-6 against top 25 teams this season. Harvard was 0-0. They didn't play a team ranked in the top 25. However, they went 13-1 at home, playing in Salt Lake City, New Mexico. Bit of an advantage. Although Harvard, a lot of money in Harvard. Might, might get some uh, travel planes, who knows, to uh, make the trip. Harvard averaging 68.9 points per game. That's 137 for those of you playing along at home. Better than 172, which is New Mexico's. 334 in rebounds per game. I'll give them that. New Mexico's again 142. That is very rough. 334 rebounds per game. I'll tell you why that is right now. 12th in the nation in field goal percentage. They haven't had the opportunity (laughs) to rebound the basketball nearly as much as New Mexico at 218 field goal percentage. Granted, Harvard undersized. So there's a factor there. But I really do think that that has to play in some kind of role, at least 20 to 30 spots, uh, you know, in the national, in the, in the in the nation, you know, at least with a 12th, 12th in the nation, shooting 48 percent from the field, averaging 68.9 points per game, allowing 63.9 points per game. The big one. This is one I love. 40 percent from three-point line. And in the tournament, that's a big deal because if you get down or if you get hot, you're not going to get stopped. We, see, we saw George Mason do it. We've seen team, many teams do it in the past. If you get half from beyond the arc in a tournament, the sky is really the limit. You know, you just got to play some decent defense, and you can, you can go pretty far. You can even give up twos. Threes are, as many of you know, worth more than twos. <laughs> well, so simple math brought to you by Dan Dupinski. Hitting the 35-minute mark, I got 30 seconds left on this one. Wesley Saunders, player to watch in this one, 16.5 points per game. Coming out of L.A., going to Harvard, going to Salt Lake, you might see some more family. So there's your rejuvenation factor. He's going to be motivated. He's going to have his ex-girlfriend in the crowd. It's going to be a great game for Wesley Saunders. By the way, he plays a small forward guard hybrid position. 16.5 points per game, 53.6% from the field, 52.6% from three-point lane. That is not bad. At all, Mr. Dupinski. By the way, follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Wes underscore good. I think he's at like four or 500 followers right now, I mean, which are probably, probably, which are probably all the Harvard basketball fans, which I might include myself <laughs> in the near future. I, I, I'm, I don't know. But watch, if, if he has a game, if he has a game, if they win this game, his Twitter follower count will be at least 30,000. I mean, not only that. At least 30,000 after, after he drops 25 on New Mexico. Everyone listens to the show right now, too. All thousands of viewers. So there's that my get him up to there's my, there's my plug for Wesley Saunders. Tweeted at him just before we started recording. So through the power of the internet, sure got him on the show. He, could, what, he could be listening. That's what you should have done. I will tell you what, though. We will, we will work on that. We will get Wesley Saunders on this show, and we will talk New Mexico, Harvard basketball, <laughs> if we get the chance, if, all right. by all the power in the world. All right. All right, a little longer than promised, thirty-six minutes. But granted, this is sure, this is a big I'm show. Sure they enjoy it. Sure either they way, enjoy it. either way, uh, I think we all had a good time tonight. Dan Dupinski by my side, giving me great 
college basketball advice um, before we go on the show, of course, because I know absolutely nothing compared to the Schwabness of Dan Lipinski. Bryce said he was here playing the, ro- playing the role of some kind of host uh, during your nappy hour. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter, at Bicetio, at NappyBoy23, of course, no K. Thanks for listening.